Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. This is Symphony Sit Down, a show where we talk about living life as a millennial musician. I'm Sam Carl. And I'm Tyler Menzel. And we are your hosts. We're both conservatory-trained musicians living in Montana, of all places. Today, our topic is auditions. What's behind the screen? Hi, Tyler. How are you? Oh, you know, I just stuffed my belly full of soup. How are you? (laughs) I just stuffed my belly full of ramen. I feel a little under the weather this week. We just did our Symphony Royale concert. It was very fun. Brandenburg 3 was very fun. Um, But I am tired. (laughs) I hear you on that. Yeah. So we don't have another Billing Symphony concert until next month, so... I wanted to talk about some other topics today, and I particularly wanted to talk, to talk about um, auditions and everything about them. <laughs> the dreaded, like, I think every musician hears the word audition, and then, like, you kind of have a have a panic attack a little bit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So... Let's just start off. Let's just start off with the basics. How many auditions... Have you taken a lot, a little? Have you done a lot of professional? Have you only done school ones? Um, I have taken a lot of auditions. Um, I've taken a lot of professional auditions, let alone the ones that happened in school. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. If we count ones that happened in school, I mean, I'm probably getting up near like a hundred. Yes. <laughs> Life of a flute player. Right. What about you? Um, so I've only done one professional audition. But I've done, I've only done one, but then I have done a lot of school ones. I mean, who hasn't if you're a music student? Um, But I actually listen to them more because of um, Billings Youth Orchestra, which I'm the executive director of. So I listen to them. I don't participate in them as much. But who knows? Maybe that will change in the future. (laughs) Right. I remember that professional audition that you took. Yeah, I stayed in in your house and played with your dog, Daphne. Yes, who is seated beside me. (laughs) Hopefully she doesn't make those, what what did people think they were? Castanets? Castanets, yeah, (laughs) like maracas. Yeah, but she's she's a very tired little dog. She is. She's exhausted, (laughs) like myself. Yeah, yeah. So, where are some of the places that you auditioned? Um. Oh my gosh! All over the country. Um. I well, I mean, I live in Great Falls, so (laughs) I mean, I've I've taken auditions in in places as quote remote as Montana. (laughs) Um. I. I had even auditioned a couple times for an orchestra in New Zealand. Um, oh, yeah. Which, I remember yeah. That. I remember that. Yep. So cool. uh, orchestras in China. Um, that I didn't know. That I did not know. Yes. Yep. There are these... Um, there Some of the orchestras that are overseas, they, they just want the best players. And they realize that, you know, in order to get the best players, they're they're asking a lot of people to pay like thousands of dollars to go and fly to these places. And so they'll allow musicians to send in DVD recordings that you have to do in one take. And I had done that twice for an orchestra in New Zealand. And I think twice for an orchestra in China as well. Yeah. There, there tends to be a lot of um, Asian viola auditions, like on 
um, audition cafe or musical chairs or, you know, all of those great sites. Um, and I know some people who've actually flown and have taken, um, so it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I didn't know about the, you could send DVDs, but I mean, it's, it's totally like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, um, I was a finalist twice, uh, for the, for this principal flute position over New Zealand. And, um, literally the critique that they gave me both times, cause I always ask for critiques after an audition, if the committee will give them to you. Um, and the critique both times is that, you know, like great player, uh, just wish we could have heard them in person. Oh, that's <laughs> I know. Horrible. Oh, sucks. Stab through my heart. <laughs> why, do even, why do you even send an audition? I know. That's, oh. And you're just like, wasn't like Lord of the Rings filmed in New Zealand? It was. You could just be like, I just want to live in a hobbit hole. <laughs> Let me do that. Let me live my dream. <laughs> God, that that's horrible. <laughs> oh, just some of the things that we go through. So, like, I and for me, I think there's like a huge difference between live auditions and taped auditions because for the youth orchestra, we have taped auditions, and I, I, as a person who listens to these and who, who you know participates in auditions in a different way. I listen for different things for a taped audition and a live audition. But um I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I want to know just like set of some of your eccentricities of Ooh. your oh yeah big word of your preparation routine because I think I think when anybody asks a question of a pre- professional musician about auditions are like how do you prepare and the answer is different for everybody and i think a lot of people just like shrug their shoulders and they're like i just practice i don't know right so like what what do you do what do you do well obviously practicing is is first and foremost (laughs) no Um, i just i wait every time (laughs) yeah i mean for auditions it's just um it's totally like a mental game that you have to play with yourself. I mean, you go into these auditions realizing that, you know, you have, you know, basically like five minutes or less to impress a jury of people when you're pitted against in flute auditions, usually, you know, like tens to sometimes hundreds of other people. Um, And so, you know, practicing it, it's, you just have to get into this mindset of being able to, no matter what, pick up your instrument and just nail the excerpt. That's, yeah, yeah, that's like first and foremost for me. What about you and your experience? I think for me, um, I like to try to play out every scenario. So I never like to practice the same way twice. Especially when it's like to do if it's like orchestra music or your day in and day out maintenance of your instrument and your technique, you know, maybe I'll have more of a routine. But if I'm preparing for an audition, I would never play the excerpts in the same order. I would always like play some excerpts, play a major concerto, play movements of Bach if they ask for it. You know, every audition's different. Um, and so like I would never do them in the same order and I would always and I wouldn't ever use, have a block of practice for me because if like, I tend to be unfocused if I just practice for a three hour block, I would just be like, okay, we're going to work on intonation. I'll work on it for 20, 30 minutes. I'll play through the excerpts that I think need the most intonation work. And then after like an hour, I put it down and come back to it later. 
Right. Like, yeah. There are so many books and things that have been written about this. And I, I've kind of like developed my own little routine for practicing excerpts and everything like that. I think one of my favorite ones is just organizing your practice into, you know, like everyone is going to have the excerpts where you're like, okay, I can just get up and, and nail this. For me, it's things like um, if Brahms one is on the excerpt list, that is always going to be, you know, like I know that, you know, rain or shine night or day, I'm going to be able to whip my flute out and, and slay that excerpt. Um, but then there are other ones like Firebird that I know, you know, if it appears on an audition list, I'm just, I'm going to be practicing it like right up until I go out on stage to play it. Um, you know, things like that. So organizing your excerpts into like those different categories, which ones need more maintenance, which ones need, you know, very little or none at all. And then just kind of practicing from there. Yeah. Prioritizing. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny, your Firebird excerpt. It's kind of like, it's very, it's it's reminiscent of viola excerpts because we have some melodic excerpts. I mean, we have quite a few of them, but like a lot of our excerpts are just like, they make no sense out of context. You're like, what is this? And that's what makes them so hard where they're not necessarily the most difficult technically, but like when you don't hear the whole orchestra playing with it, you're just like, you're, oh, it's, yeah, it's very... It's very difficult sometimes. <laughs> I think that's the challenge with most excerpts is like you're taking you're taking this excerpt, which, you know, usually it makes sense out of context and you're taking it out of context and then you're having to play it, put a context behind it, make it sound like it's supposed to, um, you know, so that you can like put the context back into the um, the audition committee's ears. It's it's totally like a backwards concept. Yeah, you know you did a good job if, like, say you could hear the audition committee and they were humming other parts to the piece of the excerpt that you're playing. You know that, like, you, you're you doing something right because they're hearing the whole thing and not just you playing, which is such a weird concept to think about. <laughs> like, how do you practice that? <laughs> right. Well, and that's where I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier, just, you know, like the, the daily maintenance and fundamentals of your instrument. Like, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to is just showing that you are, you're like an awesome uh, musician, you're an awesome technician at your instrument, and that you also are capable of understanding things both in and out of context. I think those are the folks who win auditions. Yeah, I agree. And th- there's always a little bit of luck, too. Like, like, Oh, for sure. There's just, like, that person who just, like, plays stunning, you know. They they just had a good day. And, you know, I know I have a couple of friends now who won good big auditions, like, on their first, like, their first audition for any major orchestra. And they were just like, it was just, it was, it was the right time. I don't know what to say to you. And, um... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how it works out so differently for all of us, but let's fast forward to the audition day. Like, how do you, how do you, if your auditions in the morning, what do you do at, in the evening? When have your auditions been? Um, that's a good question. Usually, um, I am there at some point, like before noon. Um, there are some, there's some, like, if you're going to take something like the New York Phil audition, which happened recently, um, 
they spread out preliminaries over multiple days because they probably have about 250 flutists that they've got to get through. <laughs> right. But, you know, for usually for auditions that are smaller-ish or auditions that they've screened resumes, things like that, um, you'll probably be in, you know, a handful of people who will go in a group sometime in the morning. Um, so generally on audition day, you know, I just, I try to get like a good amount of sleep the night before, um, wake up, uh, have breakfast as usual. I'll have like one cup of coffee as opposed to my usual 14. Um, and then, you know, I just, I head to the audition site. I am like a, a chronic early person. <laughs> oh, 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 you and me both. I'm like, I'm like, I'm panicking about being late and then I end up being 30 minutes early. Like that's, that's what always happens to me. Yeah. So I like to get there early, you know, draw my number, be able to just sit down and relax. And I think for me, the most important thing is having just a nice, relaxed warm up, um, which is something that I always incorporate into my practice sessions leading up. You know, I try to put myself in the scenario of like, okay, you're there and you've got like 20 minutes to warm up. What are you going to do to warm up? And so I kind of devise my own little warm up so that I have a routine going in the day of definitely a comfort thing for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my morning. Yeah. Yeah. I see. And I, I echo like I, for me, I like to feel like it's any other day and I just happen to be doing this. Like this is just part of my day because after it's over, like there's nothing you can do and you're just going to like live your, live your life. And so I'm, I mean, I, I do have my, I have, I carry lucky charms in my case, not the cereal. I mean, I wish I had the cereal. But I, I have, like, I, um, I save the cards people give me for, like, birthdays or, like, events or stuff like that. And um, one of them um, is, like, a cute little hedgehog who's saying Happy Valentine's Day um, and, like, really cute things. Um, one, one card it was uh, our friend Lauren gave to me. And it is of a sphinx cat, like a wrinkly naked cat. And it just says, better ugly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, better ugly than stupid. And I'm like, true. Um, and then my friend also wrote me for my birthday, like years ago, um, just these like haikus that are just horrible. And, and I read them because they make me... They make me laugh so much. Um, the first one was, I was too busy to probably tell you, Sam, happy birthday, yo. <laughs> like, that's one of them. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. One of them is, I'm so glad we're friends. Every day is effing great with my good friend, Sam. <laughs> so, like, I, I read them, and they're they're hilarious. And then um, it was actually after my 21st birthday, and then he said, compiled 37 days after your 21st birthday. So he was, like, that late. <laughs> but it was so funny that, like, I keep it and I read them because they just remind me so much of, like, you know, there's life outside of auditions, and I think a lot of the time we forget that, especially when we want the job so bad. <laughs> True. That's one of the things for me for auditions, which is like my saving grace, which helps to make me a little less nervous, is that I love traveling, first of all. 
And I am one of those travelers I that... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, See, continue. <laughs> I love, like, I love having, you know, just being in a new place, having no agenda, and just kind of getting to see the vibe of that place. And, you know, so even if you don't win, which is most of the auditions that I've taken thus far, um, that I still have something to look forward to. Like, oh my goodness, you know, I am in Nashville. And so I, I know that they have super good barbecue or I'm in California and I'm totally going to go get like a sushi burrito, you know, just little, little things like that. Um, or salad. like, right. Going out and having a, <laughs> an amazing beer after the audition. That is always, a. Uh, Uh, a fun thing as well. And also for me, it's just, um, you know, when you, when you take auditions for a certain period of time, it's you and usually like a very, very similar group of people who tend to be at, you know, from one audition to the next. And so, um, you know, a lot of them I went to, (laughs) right. A lot of them I went to school with some of them, you just get to know through those shared experiences because let's be honest, there's some weird stuff that happens at auditions and like, you know, like people kind of bond over that, you know, you're kind of like, what, you know, like they had 200 people come to this audition. And then at the end of the day, they decided to either advance nobody or hire nobody. And so everyone's kind of, you know, like up in arms about it, but it's totally a bonding, uh, you know, like a point that you had bond over. And so for me, it's, it's getting to experience the food, the culture of a different place, and just getting to see your friends um, outside of that stressful situation as well. With viola auditions, there's never as many as 250. Um, oh my goodness. But we almost always like meet up after and like just eat. Viola's just like food. We just want food. <laughs> I think musicians just, just like just food. food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we, yeah, and and we just we just talk like nothing. We're not competing at all. And you know, like yes, there's a competition. Yes, you want to win, but you know, we're all we're all people. And you know, I think there's that that element that you forget that we're all people. Like you're more competitive away from everybody than you are when you're around all of them, <laughs> which is interesting. Um. But let's, instead of talking about us auditioning, you are are the principal flute for Billing Symphony. So now you've listened to auditions and you've had students in other places. So you have listened to quite a few auditions by now. So I want to know your perspective as just a person on the audition committee, because I don't think those people talk about it as much like you hear about the auditioners and their experience but not the auditionee committee right sorry you just you cut out there for a second and my computer sounds like an airplane (laughs) 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 so if you hear a whirring sound in this recording don't be worried listeners it's just my airplane computer It's like when you fly into Montana and you only can like, like I think in Missoula you can only take like a propeller plane right. to like get you in. And you're like, I've sat next to the wing and I'm like, this sucks. I know <laughs> you're, like, yeah. There's like eight rows of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so we're talking about what what we listen for in an audition, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And because so you, I've proc- proctored and listened to more student auditions while you've done more professional auditions. So I'm going to hear you talk about the professional. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I'm, I'm always listening for what I would be preparing for myself, if that makes sense. So, um, 
Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. And then there's also this idea of um, when you hear someone, whether or not you would trust them as a colleague, um, that sounds kind of odd, but you know, it's, you're going to be sitting next to this person or around this person and you want someone, like I said, who is a, a fantastic musician first and foremost, right? I am listening for ideas. I'm listening for someone who can make the music um, come off of the page in a way that I haven't heard before. Um, right, exactly. You know, you like, I want a, a colleague who is going to inspire me, right? Not someone that I feel like I have to drag along musically. Um, and I'm looking for someone who, like I said, is obviously a master technician at their instrument. And it's not to say that you want someone who just has technique, but you want someone who has the ability at any given moment to just adapt, right? You know, if if I want to take something a different way, you want a colleague that is going to adapt. And I also want a colleague who has the technical skill to where if they are feeling something else in the moment, that they have the capability to to express themselves the way that they want to in that moment. Um, right. And then it comes down to just the the basics. You in an orchestra, you need someone who has good rhythm. I mean, that is just, there is absolutely no budging there. Um, you need someone who has, you know, great technique, great tone, um, someone who can play all the notes and play them beautifully. That's, that's always a given. Um, I think there are so many people that in auditions spend their, their time just trying to be this like blank slate of clean notes and beautiful tone um, that they kind of forget that interpretation and musicality are an entire other side to it. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what separates the professional auditions from, um, you know, like auditions that maybe students do or that someone might do in school. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. Well, with, well, with live auditions, you know, I think I look for interesting interpretation and risks. Like I want, if I want someone, even if the risk like isn't perfect or even if like, I want somebody to make a choice and then say they decide to play it again and they play it differently. That interests me a lot. And, um, you know, I, I guess the, the term that I really like regarding this is imperfect perfection. I want something to be different every time. I don't care if they make a mistake, if they're playing every note beautifully. I want to know that, like, you know, and this isn't like in a live setting. And I think like if people send in a recording, I definitely want more of a blank slate because you don't know how many times they recorded it. You know, you don't know. And they could be on their 50th time. They could have practiced all day. You don't know any context behind that recording. So if you have all that time, I want you to be perfect. Or I want you, I don't want you to be perfect, but I want you to, like, you should play very well. And then in a live audition, you should still wow me, but you should, you should be compelling for me. And I think... Yeah, I look for that imperfect perfection. I had, um, my teacher told me a story about one of the members of the San Francisco Symphony, how um, he asked to play two excerpts over twice, 
And he messed up both times on both of the excerpts that he has to repeat. And he still won the job because he played brilliantly. And even with the two mistakes, they were just like, we have to have this person. And that's, and you know, maybe that's just the old world. Um, but <laughs> I, I think there's so much that goes into that with just the orchestra personality though, too. Um, because I mean, I've taken auditions where, you know, like one week I am the runner up in an audition and then I'll go and take an audition the very next week. Like nothing really has changed, but then you won't advance, you know? And it's just, it's, it totally is the dynamic of the orchestra that you're auditioning for the dynamic of the committee that you're auditioning for. Um, and like you said, there's just a certain amount of luck. I mean, it's, it's just kind of the day and who you're in front of and yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. So moving along, what is your most, you've taken a lot. What is your most memorable audition experience? Whether it be the day or the actual audition, you know, I have one where I think of, but you have much more life experience than me in this one. So tell me, tell me your most interesting, good or bad, rain or shine. Um, I mean, I have two. Um, yeah, so um, one of them, so I was, I was um, runner up for this particular audition, but um, there was a, there's a playing component in the finals. And I always love that because there are some orchestras where, you know, it's just you like excerpt, excerpt, ep, you know, excerpt after excerpt, round after round. And the final round, I had to play two excerpts, of course. Um, and they were two of the hardest ones. And then after that, you got to play with, um, the other four members of their woodwind quintet. Um, and it's totally just, it's this particular situation was obviously you were given the music in advance, but you've never played with these people before. And it's four other people. And as right, as the flutist, you're kind of like, you're the leader a little bit of the group. I mean, you're expected to cue and do all of those things. And so it was being able to sit down with like literally a moment's notice and put together this entire wind quintet with four people that you've never played before, um, played with before. And so for me, that was um, just a really cool experience. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, of course, you're like nervous and sweating and, you know, (laughs) but um, but you feel so important. Well, <laughs> like yeah. Ego boost. <laughs> well, not necessarily that. I would say it's you feel empowered. You know, it's just after you're done, you're like, oh my gosh, I just did that. You know, like got to give myself a pat on the back for that one. Um, and then my other one was I talked about this orchestra in New Zealand where they allowed you to send in a tape, and that was this is the first time I had ever done something like that. Um, And they were so strict on the requirements. I mean, like, you literally had to record your entire list of excerpts in one take. Like, one complete take. I mean, obviously, you could do multiple takes. But, I mean, like, we're talking, like, 30 excerpts, right? So, by the time you get through 30 excerpts, it's about 25 minutes of music, right? And after maybe, I think I did two complete takes of my excerpts. And after that, I was done. yeah. And so, you know, it's something like that where you, you know, that you're sending in something that is imperfect and in a live audition, 
you would never play your entire list, um, you know, just from top to bottom. You would play maybe like four or five excerpts at a time. And so that, again, was another empowering moment where it's just like I played through all of the excerpts. I got pretty clean takes and I was like, okay, you know, good job, you, like, Tyler. You look at yourself in the mirror and you flex a bit and you're right. like, Oh, look at <laughs> <laughs> My biceps grew like 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> so flute swell right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, mine's, see, my audition, the one that I remember the most is um, for m- my orchestra audition, the second year of my master's at the beginning of the year. Um, the first year of my master's, we had a little bit more of a low-key, um, audition. There was Brahms 4 viola excerpts, which are a thing that are on auditions very regularly, and Beethoven 3, the scherzo, which is also, but they're not, like, particularly scary, like, they're hard, but, you know, you, you do them. And, um, I was asked to play the principal audition excerpts. You didn't have to if you didn't want to. And I, I didn't plan on doing it. And then he had me, <laughs> the conductor had me read it in front of him. And I worked on them. Like, I practiced them. But, like, I had to sight read some of the stuff in front of the conductor. Horrible. That was... Oh. It was okay. It went fine. But, you know, it, it just, it was just kind of like, why did you ask me that? <laughs> right. I said I didn't want to. <laughs> But um, that wasn't the memorable one for me. I think the memorable one was the second year of my master's. Uh, we, I, um, the audition material was Don Juan, Bartok and Schroeder for Orchestra, Mozart 35, Mendelssohn, Scherzo, Einheld and Laban, you know, just like, just like standards, real audition. The big and, ones. And it was the first time I actually did it in front of like a committee of people listening and other, like, I've worked on the excerpts before, and I knew what they were, and, you know, I played them for my teacher, and I did other things, but this was the first time where it was just, like, straight take, all the way through, here you go. And just, like, I, I was so scared. I was such a scared violist. But the fact that I did that, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mess up. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, like, I messed up, but, like, I didn't feel horrible about it. I was just like, oh, I, I survived. I, I lived. And then I was, like, perpetually fourth chair from then on out. Oh. <laughs> but, which is, which is, I, that's, like, my favorite seat. So, like, I, I can't complain about that. But, um, I, I would say that. Yeah, just, like, that feeling of empowerment that you're like, oh, like, you can survive and you can do this. Like, you know, it seems scary, but, you know, you you just have to go for it. I remember when I took the professional audition when I stayed at your house, and... I I almost made it to the next round, but then I played Don Juan, and I just, like, it was, it, the first run, the fir- opening theme of Don Juan, it just might have well been a <laughs> for me. And then I just wanted to be like, I know I'm out. I'm out, guys. <laughs> I'll just leave now. <laughs> and I was. Um, but, you know, and that was just the luck of the day. I've played the excerpt pretty fine mo- multiple times before. And it was just that day where it's just like, oh, I just sound like I ate something that did not agree with me. (laughs) So, but to close it out here, any advice on future auditionees, whether it be students or professionals, what advice do you have to give to the people? Oh my goodness. Um, I will boil it down to two things. 
Um, one, always be yourself. Um, don't, right. Don't ever go in and play how you think an audition committee wants you to play. Right. I mean, you've got to do yourself. Um, I think if you do end up winning an audition where you don't play authentically, the problem is there. That's the way that they're going to expect you to play, right? They hired you because they think you play in that way. And if you're not happy with the way that, you know, that you played, especially if you've stifled yourself, then it's probably not a job that you want um, or an orchestra that you want to be in or whatever the situation. I, I always revert back to this professional orchestra idea, but um, and then the other one, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Oh, you're blanking? Well, I'll fill it in. I think for me, it's, I always say, stay in your lane. Like when you're driving, when you veer off into somebody else's lane and you're thinking about like, oh, this person's practicing it this way. And you're worried about the other drivers on the road, the more likely you're going to get in a crash like the more likely it's going to crash and burn for you. So I always go stay in your lane. Just focus on driving straight ahead. Don't worry about those other drivers. Don't worry about that person in a Ferrari next to you. Don't worry about the person in, I don't know what else, a Studebaker. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I just remembered. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, Flute moment. <laughs> the more auditions you take, the easier it gets. Um, and so for the folks who are taking auditions, Play mock auditions for your friends. Play mock auditions for your family. Um, you know, go go and take auditions for the experience of taking auditions. Um, not to say that we want you to to constantly clog up auditions with um, with non serious attempts, but you know, the the more that you audition, the more comfortable you'll feel in that situation, and I can guarantee you, the better you will do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And my second one is if you feel stage fright or if you feel anxiety or any sort of, like if you get the shakes when you audition or anything, don't be afraid to go to your doctor and talk about what you can do. There, there are a lot of therapy techniques. There's a lot of, you can take beta blockers, which help calm your body down. Like, let's not stigmatize these things. Like they can really, really help you. And a lot of professionals who are the, great of the greats still take them today and you know don't be afraid if you feel like your anxiety is very much hindering your ability to do the best that you can do go to your doctor see what your options are there are a lot out there right but please consult with your physician before taking beta blockers oh yes go to your doctor before you take <laughs> beta blockers please <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, auditions, Tyler. They're the most stressful thing, but so interesting to talk about. We so. love to hate them. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I think there, I think auditions could have like four parts. Like, we just like, we had an overview today. But stay tuned. There might be more. Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Symphony Sit Down. If you have any requests for future episodes, comment below or send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram. If you're interested in sponsoring Symphony Sit Down, send us an email at symphonysitdown at gmail.com. And as always, like this episode and make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We upload a new episode every other week. Take care and have a wonderful day. Musically yours, Sam and Tyler.